way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media. There's a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media. Minute, we're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Erica, we match again in gray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what they say. I'm great. I'm great. Uh, it's the beginning of a long weekend for majority of our listeners, local listeners, that is. And yep. that's kind of exciting, right? Yes. The holidays. Yes. Good Beautiful food. Day Beautiful day. The skies yep. are blue. The air is crisp. It's good. Speaking of which, the autumn season is the perfect time to, I don't know, host events. There's a lot of jazz festivals, a lot of, I don't know, picnics outdoors. And then there's this fashion show. So much, so much hype around it that I thought it must be unfolding. And then they decided to, I don't know, cancel it and just cancel the plans. And then they decided to bring it back. What's yeah. happening? So Gucci says that it's going to hold a fashion show at uh, Gyeongbokgung Palace in central Seoul after all in November. Um, and the news comes more than a week after it was reported that the event would most likely be canceled. Uh, the luxury fashion house said in a statement that the fashion show is going to be held at the palace on November 1st. Now, this announcement comes just 10 days after the Cultural Heritage Administration said, uh, you know, that the same fashion show was called off after some members of the public criticized a fashion shoot by Vogue Korea that took place inside the Cheongwade compound, which formerly served as South Korea's high office and the official residence of the South Korean president. Now, members of the former liberal government and social media users were among those that criticized the high fashion uh, photo shoots, saying that uh, they undermined national dignity. So that political angle might be a bone to pick on another day. Day, but as far as a culture angle goes, you can imagine the back and forth. We briefly talked about it in your segment. I mean, we're all entitled to our own opinions, but the Cultural Heritage Administration can't ignore a consensus by the general public. And it seems that now they've reversed this sort of route to canceling the event and decided it is going to happen after all in the month of November. Is the Cultural Heritage Administration on board with this latest decision? I'd imagine they'd have to be. Yes, um, officials at the governing body said uh, they are considering not revoking the event that has already obtained approval from its own advisory panel, uh, which is in charge of screening applications for the use of the country's cultural assets. Um, according to the fashion show plan that was unveiled last month, Gucci had applied for the use of Gyeongbokgung Palace, uh, which is the, the, the main palace of the Joseon dynasty, to present its creative director, Alessandro Michele's latest cruise collection inspired by the constellations. Now, the fashion collection was first unveiled back in May at Italy's Castel del Monte, which is a 13th century castle in Puglia's countryside, mm. which is designated as a UNESCO World Heritage. Mm. Uh, the fashion house also submitted a plan at the time to promote the historical value of the palace mm. as a site where world-class astronomy was studied mm. in connection, of course, to its constellation theme. I think the stars are lining up perfectly, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but it's not the first time, well, f first for Korea, I suppose, we've seen 
you know, high-end uh, boutiques and, and, and designers trying mm-hmm. to use a more historic cultural spot and turning them into runways. I mean, the Trevi yeah. Fountain, namely, remember that? That was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. We saw the Palace of Versailles. But there will always be sort of pushback between the old and the new, and this is just one of them, it seems. But for now... It's back. It's on yeah. in November. It's official. <laughs> All right. Clearly, it's a, it's a different tide in the K-Wave, don't you think? These cultural events yeah. we're talking about. I, I Honestly, I've, I've been with Arirang for about 10 years. And in that decade, so much has changed. There was a time, I can say now, where yeah. I would have to hype up events because there wasn't enough focus on it as much as we'd like anyway. And this is just self-explanatory. That's right. And the next is another indication that that maybe K-culture is here to stay long haul and yeah. its, its power extends much beyond just South Korean Peninsula, the city of Angels, L.A. Have they already designated a Squid Game Day? Yeah. <laughs> it's the latest recognition of the major, major impact <laughs> uh, the mega hit series has had on the representation of Asian communities in the American entertainment industry. Uh, so according to a resolution which passed at uh, the city council made public on Thursday, L.A. will officially celebrate the Korean dystopian uh, drama every year on September 17th. Now, why September 17th? because it was the day the show was released here. (laughs) This is uh, possibly the first time in the United States that a day of commemoration is designated for a TV drama series. I think that's a safe assumption. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) All right. I do wonder what is the reasoning behind it beyond the fact that, yes, this is a big change, I guess, in Hollywood that has been Mm -hmm. openly scrutinized for maybe not having enough minority representation on the screens. Yeah. You know, the resolution also noted something else. It said that Squid Game is not only the most watched Netflix original series to date, but that the Korean show broke all sorts of barriers mm. uh, that many foreign language shows face in what with Western audiences. Um, uh, the drama produced introduced a diverse aspects of Korean culture, for example, to a broad spectrum of viewers, not just in the U.S., but across the world. Mm. It made history by being nominated and winning prizes at uh, numerous American and international awards, mm. including at the Emmy Awards, which we talked about recently, uh, Squid Game. For those of you who missed the news, Squid game recently became the first Korean and the first foreign language series to Mm. win an Emmy Award. If you have an American upbringing and some of our listeners tune in from the U.S., I think representation on the screens has been something that has been, I think, repeatedly called for. It just took many, many years. And the timing seems perfect right now as we talk about, I don't know, BTS's success at all Mm -hmm. of the music awards, Blackpink's unrivaled telling of their latest music video drop. They're making a full-fledged comeback, by the way, next week. (laughs) All right. Uh, But, of course, the conversation topic today is a squid game uh, marking a victory in the fight to grow a representation of the AAPI, specifically the Asian American Pacific Islanders community in the film and entertainment industry. That's right. Now, as for the ceremony itself, uh, the the day to celebrate or hmm. the, the day to celebrate the designation of the day is going to take place in front of LA's uh, City Hall later today. Uh, it will be attended by Mayor Eric Garcetti, uh, Squid Game Director Hong Dong-hyuk, of course, and actor Lee Jong-jae will also be there as well. 
I think Yi Jung-jin might be the busiest actor this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, directorial debut. He just hasn't stopped promoting. He was spotted everywhere during this big yeah. art week during Freeze, right? Anyway, there you go. Congratulations are in order for Squid Game. We're not even done talking about Squid Game this year. We promise you. <laughs> no, we're not. All right. On to our last buzzword of the day. I've seen the videos and I had to stop myself because <laughs> I started tearing up at six in the morning. <laughs> Uh, oh, really? I don't know. There's something so sweet about how this handler approaches this is runaway chimpanzee, takes her time clearly. She knows how to communicate with the chimpanzee. I don't want to give away this. And there's the story. a level yeah. of yeah. trust between right. the chimpanzee and her zookeeper. And that's that's something, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have so many headlines about heinous crimes happening against pets, um, sometimes stolen pets, and that breaks my heart. And then there's the other reverse where it, there are people who are just kind and they speak yeah. the language of these animals. So, yes, let's get to the story, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chichi is a chimpanzee who lives in a zoo in uh, Kharkiv, Ukraine, and uh, she became world famous this week after she escaped from the zoo in the city and uh, her escapade was widely shared on social media. Now, thanks to a timely intervention in the form of rain, her zookeepers were able to coax her into returning home. Uh, and uh, the cutest part was they put a little raincoat, a yellow raincoat on her, and uh, she was seen perched on a bicycle <laughs> and uh, headed home with her zookeepers. Now, she, the 13-year-old chimpanzee, escaped from the zoo on Monday, and uh, the zookeepers, obviously, they tracked her down. It took them about two hours later. And they found her in Freedom Square, not too far away. Mm. And the video that was widely shared on social media shows Chi-Chi uh, eventually being persuaded to put on this uh, yellow hooded rain jacket. And uh, videos of the incident have been widely shared, offering an insight into the plight of animals as well in Ukraine, whose homes have also become targets of um, military bombardment. That's right. Uh, Chi-Chi was uh, first, as you mentioned, and frightened by 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 the sound yep. of ammunitions going Yelling, off, yep. exactly. And so I do wonder, Chi Chi's escape. Do we know details of how and when, and I, I guess the most importantly, how the escape happened? Yeah, you know, apparently uh, it's not easy. I mean, it's not difficult for chimpanzees to escape because they're highly intellectual animals. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, after the zookeepers heard that she left, uh, they followed her to the square and started talking to her. And uh, the zookeeper has known Chi Chi since uh, she was a, a baby. Mm. And uh, she can be seen approaching her and uh, basically talking to her, you know, and putting on the yellow jacket in the video. Um, the zookeeper said it took, uh, you know, careful negotiations <laughs> to overcome Chi Chi's initial skepticism. But uh, Chi Chi eventually gave in and agreed to go back home. And, uh, you know, there's a scene where, you know, the zookeeper is giving the chimpanzee a big hug yes. and the chimpanzee her back. And that was the sweetest moment of the entire video. If you need some warm, fuzzy feelings, wow. this is it. One of our listeners, Nur Natasha, a regular <laughs> asking who is making Lena cry early in the morning. It, it was a sweet moment. Happy tears, just to clarify. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Erica, for joining us so bright and early. Have a great weekend. You too. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.